Welcome to Podcasting for Coaches. I'm Brittany Felix, and I'm a podcast launch consultant who specializes in helping coaches and consultants utilize the power of podcasting as a way to build brand awareness and generate new leads for their business. I realize not every new coach or consultant can afford to hire someone to help launch their show, so I created this podcast as a way to guide you through the process of launching and utilizing your very own podcast to help you grow your business and reach a new audience of adoring followers and potential clients. If you're ready to get your voice and podcast out into the world, head over to podcastingforcoaches.com to learn more. Welcome to this special episode of Podcasting for Coaches. If you listened to last week's episode, you may be a little bit confused because I did promise that we would be hearing from Andrea Sager, who is an attorney who deals a lot with podcasting, and we were going to talk about the legal side of podcasting. I promise you that interview is coming. I'm going to do that for you next week. But I wanted to let you know about something that I'm participating in starting on Monday. So I really needed to get this information out to you quickly. And it actually involves a previous guest, Jenny Sunison. Jenny is a podcast service writer just like myself. And she is putting together the Profitable Podcast Summit starting on February 1st. The event is free and she did invite me to participate and do a presentation for the summit attendees. So I will be doing that on Monday. It is a presentation about what coaches and consultants need to know before starting a podcast for their business, which obviously that's what I talk about. But even if you're already a podcaster, and actually I would say especially if you're already a podcaster, you should definitely attend the summit because again, it's free, but there is so, so much information here. These presentations are amazing. Like I wish, I so wish there was something like this when I first started with podcasting five years ago. And yes, it was five years. This coming Monday, February 1st, again, also actually is the five-year anniversary of my very first podcast launch. So that's kind of crazy and a little side note for you. But I'm just going to read you through these presentations that are happening. So it's not like a normal conference or summit where you have to like attend and be there live and you have to like plan your whole day around it to make sure that you can attend the sessions that you want to. These are all pre-recorded sessions that are going to be released in the morning and there's going to be like a few each day. So on Monday, the recordings that are going to be released are mine and then increasing listenership through a value-driven marketing strategy and then how to book guest experts that your podcast audience needs and wants. And then we actually do have Andrea Sager, who's participating as well, talking about legal protection for podcasters. And you will hear in next week's episode that Andrea really knows her stuff. And the legal side of podcasting is not nearly as intimidating as it needs to be. So that's an excellent presentation. I'm sure that you should definitely check out. The other two on Monday are how to make your podcast accessible and productive podcasting, automating your workflow. So again, all of that just day one, that alone would be reason enough to attend, especially since it's free. But then we have day two's presentations, which are get more podcast listeners with SEO, how to be a standout podcast guest and develop lasting relationships with the host. Now you may be thinking, well, I'm the host. I don't really need that information, but I have mentioned several times on this show. If you have not heard already, that one of the absolute best ways to grow your own audience is by being a guest on other podcasts that your ideal audience members listen to. So this is definitely a presentation you don't want to miss. Okay. And the next one is how to use podcasting as the ultimate networking tool. 
And the next one is actually from a former guest of this show, Chris Hines. And he's talking about how to use a podcast to build your brand without thousands of followers. And then we have square peg round hole, why you're struggling to grow your podcast audience. And then the last presentation for Tuesday is running a podcasting agency. Now, admittedly, that is one of the ones that probably won't really be all that relevant for you, but I'm telling you, it's only like one out of the like 15 or 17 presentations. So definitely worth signing up for. All right. And day three's presentations are how to know if you should hire a podcast manager and what to expect if you do. Now, a podcast manager is different from an editor. Sometimes they will offer editing services. But a podcast manager is really more like a VA specifically for your podcast. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you just want somebody to kind of help you with the management and the guest management, emailing them all the links and then creating content that you can repurpose from the episodes onto other platforms, all of those things are something that a podcast manager can help you with. So that could be a very valuable presentation if that's something that you might need. Next, we have paid ads for podcasters. And next, we have another former guest of the show, Jana Osofsky, talking about getting started with marketing your podcast on Pinterest. And next, we have handling product endorsements and sponsorship deals on the right side of the law. And finally, Jenny herself is doing a presentation on how to make money from your podcast without relying on ad sponsorships, which I know sounds amazing to you. So (laughs) then there is actually still even a day four of the summit. So you're a coach or consultant. You know how this works. Yes, it's free to attend. You get all of these sessions for free. The recordings, they are only available for a limited time though. And then if you want to have the recordings after that, you do have to like pay to upgrade. And then you also get like a ton of free bonuses when you pay to upgrade. So she's calling it the VIP product power pack. And a lot of us presenters actually provided her with free digital products that she can include into this ticket. So not only do you get the recordings past the summit, but you also get a bunch of free stuff from us presenters. I know that I myself included an admission into my course, How to Start a Podcast for Your Coaching Business, which is valued at $197. So like, it's definitely worth it if you think that you can't watch all the presentations during the time that they're available during the summit. Beyond that, on day four, if you did do that upgrade, there's some exclusive stuff just for you. There's a live podcast planning workshop and then a hot seat with Jenny where you can ask her any of the questions you have. Now, the free ticket also includes access to a Facebook group just for the summit attendees. And us presenters are encouraged to be in there interacting with the attendees, especially on the days that our presentations go out. And I know that I am planning on doing that as well. So I will be in there on Monday interacting, answering questions. I think there's even going to be like a take action session where people can all work together to like take the next steps after the presentations that day. There's also some networking sessions, co-working sessions, all kinds of awesome stuff. Like I cannot believe how amazing this is going to be considering it's free. So if you want to get your ticket to the summit, there is a link in the description of this episode in whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. And then there's also, of course, a link in the show notes on my website, and you can find those by going to podcastingforcoaches.com. Click on the episodes tab in the main menu, and this one will be the very first one listed. If you have any questions about the summit, 
feel free to reach out. I am at podcasting for coaches on Facebook and Instagram. And then there is a contact form on my website as well. And that pretty much wraps this up. I hope to see you at the summit next week. And let's go ahead and dive into this replay of my interview with Jenny Sinison so that you can get a better feel for who Jenny is and hopefully get excited for that summit next week. Jenny Sennison is a former social media strategist and coach turned podcast services agency owner. And in this episode, we're going to get a unique perspective because Jenny comes from the social media world where she has access to all kinds of data and numbers and so many different things that can help people make decisions about what to do with their social media platforms. And they can also be a hindrance, which is something that we do dive into today. So Jenny shares why she actually likes that podcasters don't have access to a lot of analytics for their show and their audience, how she helps her clients not focus so much on their download numbers, the importance of understanding that podcasting is a long game, the multiple benefits she started seeing from her podcast when she'd been doing it for about a year, what it's been like to rebrand her entire podcast and business basically as she pivots into an entirely new industry, because I know that's a concern for a lot of you listening because our businesses evolve over time. So what if you start this show and in a year from now, you want to completely change what you're doing? Don't worry. It's possible. Jenny's done it. And she also shares her two main tips for those wanting to start a podcast. So let's go ahead and dive right on in with Jenny. Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show. I have followed you on social media for a while, and I am super excited to finally actually get to talk to you. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so let's dive in because there's a lot of things that I want to cover, and I try to keep these short, and that doesn't always work. <laughs> um, so why don't you give us a little bit of a background? The listeners already heard you know, your, your regular official bio, but why don't you tell us a little bit more from your perspective, your journey of how you wound up in business and wound up with your podcast? Yeah. So, I mean, I think my journey was pretty typical. Like I just got really not into the corporate world and I was just like, all right, what can I do on my own? And I did social media at my job. So then I switched to that. Then I was doing social media for about three years on my own. And now actually I'm, I have like a podcast agency because I kind of fell in love with that after starting my own podcast about a year and a half ago. So it's definitely been a big shift, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Like I still love social media and I still incorporate that with my clients. So I don't really have to worry about like missing that, but it just feels like I feel so much more aligned and, you know, it just feels so much better to actually, to not be like worrying about numbers all the time. Cause that's what social media was. And it was kind of stressful and being on mm -hmm. all the time. So I'm really excited about my new direction. And I think it'll be really good. Um, it's just a lot different than what I was doing before. So, <laughs> right. There's a point in there that I want to touch on really quick before we dive into some other things I had kind of decided to talk about beforehand. And that's that social media is very numbers driven. I know so many people when they have a podcast, they want to be able to like look at all of these analytics and there are some, but there's not really a whole lot. So how have you coming from the social media you know, management world where you have all of this data at your fingertips that you can use to make decisions about like when to post and you know how many times a day and what content works and what doesn't, how has that been for you in terms of switching gears to the podcast world and not having as much information? I actually like it, to be honest, because I think with 
all the data that I was given and that the client could see too, they were overwhelmed with it and they focused on the wrong numbers mm-hmm. versus with podcasts. It's a lot more simple. And you're like, here's your clear cut, like download number. Here's your download number, like total. Here's your download number number per episode. And that's like pretty much all you get other than like where your listeners are located and things like that. Right. So I think it's just made it a lot easier because like they see that one number and that's all they focus on. But with social media, it's like, okay, well, I could get more likes and I could get more comments and I could get more actual followers and like, ooh, my Instagram story highlight, like the story impressions aren't that great and things like that. There's just so many things for them to look at and they would focus on the wrong thing. And with Pinterest, they would focus on like the uh, monthly viewers, which is totally a vanity metric. So it's just like one of those things that it was just really hard to get people to kind of stay in their own lane and focus on the actual metrics that mattered. And this, it's like, since you don't have as many metrics, it's like, they don't get like that stress and anxiety and like, oh my God, uh, this person's doing so much better than me because they only have that one number to focus on versus like tons of different information to look at. Right. Well, see, and I've kind of found, so not coming from that social media world and having a ton of this data, I think for the people who don't have experience with that, they do have this one download number to focus on. And it's almost to me like that number is the end all be all for them. Like their show's success lives and dies based on that one number. And I don't know if you found this in working with your clients because you do see this where people get so hyper-focused on a specific number. And I see people all the time, you know, you talked about you're in the She Podcast Facebook group, which I mentioned on this show constantly. And people are always sharing, oh, I, you know, I hit a thousand downloads in my first week or something. And there's all of this like number comparison that really concerns and irks me because I mean, podcasts are so varied, so, so varied. And the audiences are so varied that like someone's thousand downloads is, you know, the equivalent of someone else's 100,000. Like it took just as much effort and time. So how do you handle that with your clients when they do get hyper-focused because they only really have this one main number to focus on? Yeah. So I just kind of try to remind them like, this is what kind of show you have. So for example, like a lot of my clients have business related podcasts because that's just who I work with Mm -hmm. for the most part. And the business related podcasts are like, you know, really common unless you have some really crazy niche down topic that you're (laughs) going to be talking about. But for the most part, it's like you interviewing another person about their journey, you know, for the most part or like about their expertise or whatever. So those are kind of the... I hate to say a dime a dozen, but they they just are. There are a lot. There <laughs> are so, lot. so many. It's one of the most populated yeah, categories yeah. for sure. But people with more niche things, like I do have a client who is a doctor and she does naturopathic medicine and that is a lot more niche. So she gets way better downloads than most of my business clients, which is totally understandable. And she's also been podcasting since like 2000 and like, 14 maybe. So she's been in the game for a long time. She had the time to build up that audience. But sometimes it's very difficult when people only been podcasting for like three months and they're like, oh my gosh, my download numbers aren't that great. Or like they're focused on hitting like the new and noteworthy page. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you have to think about it this way. You are a business podcast and your content is really good, but there are tons of other business podcasts out there. You know, what are you going to do to make yourself more unique? How are you going to make yourself stand out? amongst the crowd on social media. Like in a lot of people forget the marketing part of it. They just think, yeah. okay, I'm going to put this podcast out in the world and it's going to hit the new and noteworthy page. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not really how it works. Right. It's the whole, like, if I create it, they will come. Like yeah. I'll just massively have this audience I never had before. And that's not the case. And so I love that you're doing that advocating part on your side for letting people know really the reality behind a podcast. When I start working with somebody or I have a consult with somebody who's wanting to start a podcast and they're just not sure if it's the right fit. I mean, I tell them like, don't even expect to see any kind of a return on this or to see 
decent download numbers for the first year. Yep, yep. If it happens sooner, fantastic. And it absolutely has, but it's a long game. And if you're not prepared to commit to it for at least one year, then I tell people don't even bother with starting yeah. because those situations where somebody starts a podcast and in six months have a million downloads, <laughs> unbelievably rare. That's like a new business coach, you know, starting right off the gate with zero list, you know, no, no one in their network and they want to be making, you know, six figures in the first six months. Yeah. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you just need to be realistic about it. And for me, it did, it did take a year to actually start seeing some real traction. Now I'm seeing like these big spikes and I'm like, Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that frustrates me because I see this big spike. I'm like, where the heck did this come from? Like you can't really tell. Like I went, I went to Spotify, I went to Stitcher, I went to every single app that I had. I'm like, I'm not seeing like a huge increase. What is this? Libsyn, what is this? <laughs> where right. did this come from? I wish there was more data for that reason. But to tell my clients, like this is your download number for your episodes, this is your overall download number, that makes it easy. But also coming from like the Pinterest world as well, I think people kind of experience that as well. Like the long game thing. Like they, they didn't realize, okay, Pinterest is a long game. So it's podcasting. So I'm used to the whole long game thing. I apparently I love the long game type <laughs> things because that's like what I do, like Pinterest podcast or what I used to do with Pinterest. But you know, it's just like one of those things that people don't realize, like it's going to be a longer term strategy and it's not going to bring you in tons of pages or tons of listeners overnight. So you really need to set your expectations and manage them. Right. So let's shift now and talk about how if you are okay with the long game and you can stick it out, the return on that, the rewards, the benefits, what was that like for your show? What did you start to see happen and how long did it take for that to happen? Yeah. So I started seeing like more download numbers. I've gotten people to apply to be guests that I never thought would be a guest on my show. I didn't even pitch them. They pitch me, you know? So things like that were, were the turning points for me. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, I'm talking to XYZ and I've looked up to her, but who knew she would ever apply to be on my podcast instead of me pitching her and things like that. And like I said, it took like about a year for that really to start happening. I started my podcast in January of 2018. And we're now, as we're recording this, we're almost to July of 2019. So it's been really a year and a half since I started. And I just started really gaining that traction and getting like more people actually applying without me pitching in the past like six months or so. So gotcha. And in terms of your business, I mean, obviously, you've shifted away from doing the social media management. But you know, that's what you were doing when you started your podcast That's what your podcast has been up to this point. Again, at the time that we're recording this, because I know that you have some plans for it in the future. So in terms of your business, what did that look like? What did it do for the business? For so let's say one personal thing and one business thing. So personally, it really podcasting helped me be more confident. I am a total introvert and really like putting myself out there was super scary, but podcasting was like the first way that I put myself out there. And that was Mm -hmm. a big step for me. And then I think it helped position me as an expert by continuing to have solo episodes and guest episodes and, you know, get that rapport going with people and collaborate. And I've definitely gotten some really great collaborations from my podcast. I've been able to do podcast swaps with people to be on their show and them on mine. And that's been really amazing because I love being a guest. Obviously, I love hosting my own, but being a guest is pretty much all the fun without the work. (laughs) So (laughs) I love that too. And that's like been the biggest things, like being able to be on other people's shows, like people that I was like, wow, I didn't expect that you you would actually want me on your show. So things like that. I mean, that's probably a little bit of me being like, 
thinking I'm not good enough and having that like imposter syndrome thing, but it's just been really cool to make those connections. And there's not really a measure that I've found like financially, but just those connections and growing personally and professionally has been amazing. Right. I love that you brought up that point that it's making or helped you to feel more confident because in preparing for this episode, I mean, I subscribe to your show anyways, like I am a subscriber. So I had listened to one of your most recent episodes, again, at the time of recording this (laughs) about like when there are slow periods in your business. Mm -hmm. And in prep for the episode, I wanted to know like how long your show has been going. So I went to go find your very first episode. It's on your website and I listened to it and it was a noticeable difference in just how even the volume of your voice, you were more soft-spoken in that first episode and like the power behind what you were saying. I can tell a difference going like listening back to back, you know, your very first episode to your one of your most recent. There is a definite difference in just the confidence level of your voice itself. And I mean, if, if I hadn't listened to the two back to back, maybe I would have never picked up on that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that though. That's helpful because yeah, I feel like, I mean, I felt it personally, but I didn't know that it was like something people could actually like tell. I mean, if people have been a listener for a long time, maybe, but a lot of like right now I'm getting a lot of new people and I don't think they're going back and listening to one episode one, but yeah. No, exactly. And I hadn't before. I mean, I just, I did to prepare for this. And I, I pay attention to people's voices. I literally listen to podcasts for a living. Right. So I probably pick up on things that other people don't. And I think a lot of it might be the awkwardness. It's your first time behind the microphone recording something. So it's a very intimidating experience in the beginning. But I, I love that I could pick up on that, honestly, because even if I go back and listen to my very, very, very first podcast episode ever, which was three podcasts ago, three and a half years ago, I cringe, but I also love it because I can tell the growth that I have had over the past few years in my speaking abilities and in my ability to just converse with someone and to say the things that I feel and think, you know, give my opinions and my advice with such confidence and power that I don't sound like I'm doubting myself. Where in the very, very, very beginning, I did have that imposter syndrome. Who the heck am I to do this? Like, nobody's going to listen to this. So, For anyone listening, if you have those thoughts, don't worry. They're totally normal. I had them. And as you're hearing, Jenny had them as well. So if you just stick with it, you'll be amazed at how much you grow your speaking skills, your confidence level, all of those things. So thank you so much for bringing that up, that that was part of your journey. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just one of those things, like, especially if you're introverted, like a lot of introverted people are very scared about that. I was super scared in that same, like within like three months of starting my podcast, I also spoke on a stage, which was like, holy cow, like this is 10 (laughs) times scarier. But um, it's just like one of those things you kind of just have to go for it. Like if you feel called to make a podcast, go for it. Like your first couple episodes are definitely going to be a little bit scary and you're not going to really know mm-hmm. what to say. You might feel a little awkward, but honestly, it's so worth it because I think the personal growth journey and business growth journey is so worth it. Like getting to meet all these people and make all these connections and stuff. It's just, it's amazing. It, it did wonders for my business and for my confidence personally. Like it's so funny. Like it's like night and day when I go to like events in person now, like if I go to a networking event or something, I just feel like, I mean, I'm still not like, an extrovert. So it's like, it didn't change my personality completely, but like now it just feels like if I go to an event, I'm not like awkwardly standing in the corner. I'll like, you know, make an effort to like mingle with people. So definitely an improvement. 
Right. Well, one other thing that I love about your journey is that you have had this shift. So, I mean, you started off doing social media management. That's what your podcast was. That's what your business was. And now you've really niched down into something that has some parallels, but is really completely different. So for anyone who's listening to this, the coach or consultant, I would love for you to just kind of explain what that's been like for you, because I think a lot of people are scared of starting something too soon because, you know, what if my business isn't this next year? What if I decide to rebrand? What if I decide to change some things? Then I'll have wasted all this time on the podcast. So if you could just kind of speak to how you're handling this shift into something completely different, I would appreciate it. And I'm sure the listener would as well. Yeah. So it's definitely been different. It's definitely since it's completely different things. Like, like I mentioned earlier with Pinterest and like social media, people are always constantly looking for that. Like, I mean, yeah, there's a lot more competition, but you're still like seeing that pop up daily, like people wanting help with that. But with podcast management and things like that, it's not as common of a thing that is really put out into the world. Like I need help with this. You know, it's just not as, at least I'm not seeing it. Maybe I'm not in the right groups, but I'm not seeing it as often. So, I mean, it's definitely been hard in that aspect, but I think it's so worth it because especially now that I have all these connections, I can kind of say, Hey, I actually made this pivot. I'd love, you know, if you have any people that are looking to start a podcast, I'd love a referral or something like that, which I felt like I probably wouldn't have been as easy to do about a year and a half ago. And I would have pivoted because I didn't have like all the people on my show and different like connections like that. So I think that's been beneficial. And, you know, I think pivoting is tough because you don't really know what to expect. Like you don't know if it's going to be a success or not. And niching down is scary because you go from doing all these things to just focusing really on one core thing. And it's definitely scary when you're someone who likes to do all the things and is decent at all the things. Right. So I'm up in this like weird transition period where I'm like, Oh, like, I guess, yeah, I can refer you to someone else for that. <laughs> but I do like, I do this now and it's just kind of weird. And it's like weird not saying, Oh, I'm a social media manager anymore. You know, like I right. have to like shift my thinking, but I think in the long run, it's going to be so worth it because the more niche down you are, the easier it is to get clients. I know that sounds crazy because it seems like if you have a lot of services, you might attract more people, but people are going to view you more as an expert if you have a more narrow range of stuff mm-hmm. than not. And I knew that beforehand, but it's it was still definitely very scary because I'm like, I kept going back like, well, what if I could add this back? You know, <laughs> maybe not like you know, all of this, but maybe this one service add that back in. But it's like, no, 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 Jenny, don't do that to yourself. Right. But yeah. You just really have to like, you can ease away. It's not like you have to give, get rid of all your clients. Like I still have all my social media clients because I don't, I'm not like, I don't have a ton of podcast clients. I don't have a couple. I don't have enough to like completely get rid of all my social clients. So you don't need to like right. go full force into whatever you're doing. You can definitely like, ease into it. So, you know, if you're making a shift, like, okay, I have my old clients, but I'm not going to take on any new clients for this um, older service. And then like kind of ease out of that, like, okay, well, this client isn't paying me that much. And I got a new client that for my actual new service, then kind of like let people go as you go. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I went from this much monthly income to zero dollars. Right. That's kind of my advice. So in terms of with the podcast, like, are you going to rebrand that? Are you going to start a new one? What's that going to look like for this shift? Yeah. So I'm I'm actually keeping the same name, even though it's not like about social media anymore. Uh, It is called the Savvy Social Hour. So to me, a social hour is like, it doesn't have to be about social media. It can be literally me talking one-on-one with someone. 
I'm pretty sure I can give you the name, like 99% sure. And then just shifting the focus to more podcast related. So I want to have some guest interviews where I talk to people with podcasts, kind of similar to yours. And then we talk about what worked, what didn't work, um, what they wish they would have done, things like that. But then I also want to have some guests that are more like SEO for a podcast or like things mm-hmm. like that because of the SEO is not my forte and things like that. Um, maybe like someone, people that are good at pitching podcasts, things like that, different types of topics like that. Like they're still related to podcasting, but not like right. something I feel as comfortable with talking about. So that's kind of be going to be the shift. So I still get that like whole guest interview element because I really didn't want to give that up, but I'm still getting to shift and have it be more relevant to my current business. Gotcha. So one final question here for the coach or consultant who is listening to this right now, and they are considering starting a podcast. They understand it's a long game. They're willing to give it a shot, but they want to make sure that they set it up for success from the very beginning. So they love hearing what other people did wrong. Like you just mentioned what they would do differently. What advice would you give for them? Is it something that you have learned from your own experience that maybe you would do differently? Or just what could you tell them to maybe set their mind at ease and help them get started on the right foot? Yeah. So one thing I wish I would have done beforehand is I think I did pretty much most things, right? Like I batched my episodes so I wouldn't have to worry about it. I did things like that. But I wish I would have launched with more episodes. I think that was a big thing for me. I only launched, I think, with like the welcome one and one solo and one guest. And I wish I would have launched with like at least one more guest and one more solo. So just to clarify, do you mean have already recorded or like release them all at once? Release them all at once. So that they could like binge on it on release day, which I didn't even know that was really a thing back (laughs) a year and a half ago. And now I'm seeing everyone like, you must release five to seven episodes on your like launch day or whatever. And it totally makes sense because they give more content and that's, kind of like increasing your downloads from the get-go versus like just one or two episodes, you know? So that's something I wish I would have done. But other than that, I don't really think there's anything else I wish I would have done. I did like research on tools and, you know, different things like that and structure and all the different things. So I don't think there was anything there, but if you're scared and you're, you know, you're scared that it's going to be a lot of work and all that, I just say, just go for it. As long as you know that, it's something you want to commit to, just go for it. Batch record so you're not having to worry about going in and recording new episodes every single week. And it makes you more consistent and stuff. And just kind of go that way because it just makes it so much easier when you already have like kind of a like library of content ready to put out into the world. Mm-hmm. So you're not like having to worry about, oh, I need to record this week or whatever. So I think that would be like my two recommendations, like put more episodes out there from the get-go and then also make sure that you have kind of a backlog of episodes to go out. So you're not stressing about where your next episode is coming from. Perfect. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show. I am so excited to have had you on here and to continue following your journey as you niche down into this new world of podcast services. And for anyone listening, definitely check out Jenny's show. I mean, even the backlog of stuff, I promise, will be relevant for you because it's not just social media. Like she talks about all things business and they've been really valuable for me. So continue to you know do what you're doing, Jenny. I think it's amazing. And thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed being here today. And that wraps up another episode of Podcasting for Coaches. If you'd like to connect with me further, you can do so on Instagram at Podcasting for Coaches. If you know it's time to finally get serious about starting your podcast, go to podcastingforcoaches.com and click on the Work With Me tab in the main menu to learn more about my one-on-one launch consultation packages 
or my self-paced online course. And I look forward to seeing the podcast that you create and put out into the world. Thank you.